Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Good to have everybody. Good to see you. Good to be here. Um, I'm a little less froggy this week, so I'm excited about that. (laughs) Excited about what God is doing. Excited to be a part of that. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter Two. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read just one verse right now. I do have a, an announcement or two, but uh, we are just going to read one verse right now. And then we'll get deeper into that here in just a second. But uh, as you're turning to Acts chapter 2 and verse 37... Thank you, worship team, for leading us into just a wonderful presence this morning. You know, the presence of God's always there. Sometimes we just have to be reminded. Have you ever been, maybe, maybe you're not like I am. Sometimes I get in situations in life where I, I, uh, I get so overwhelmed by what's going on in my little world that I forget it's God's big world in the first place. And it's all his. We just need to be reminded. Acts 2.37 uh, as you're uh, turning there, if you have not already done so, uh, don't forget, real quick, not very long, I promise, um, right after service, for all of those that want to help out with, with the children's ministry, um, please stay tuned for just a couple minutes after service. We'll meet real quick, kind of down here, um, for those that want to help. Also, if you're a parent and you've got a kiddo that will be involved, I know we have one parent <clears throat> that is probably not able to be here due to the fact that his kiddo is sick today. Um, So I also have one person who said they wanted to help. They're not going to be here because they're sick. A lot of junk going around. A lot of junk going around, but uh, we're thankful to be able to be here. So those that want to help out in any way, shape, or form, uh, just real quick, a couple minutes right after service, I'm going to see you guys, see you guys, or excuse me, Pastor Jonathan and I will see you guys uh, because I know he wants to help. He's, He's involved in that as well, so. All right. Mother's Day is coming up. Not a single mom said woohoo. Is that, not, is that good or is that bad? All right. Uh, Mother's Day is coming up. We will have a special service for that. I have spe- something special planned for that service that day. So be prepared for that. I can't believe it's, it's here. Guys, we're going to. Summer's almost here. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Uh, <laughs> and the, the teachers, amen. The kids, Say amen. Been a weird year, hasn't it? Been a weird school year. I know that it has. You've forgotten half of what your kids look like because all you see is the mask. I know that's weird. Um, All kinds of stuff they've had to deal with. Sometimes it felt like managing more than teaching. I get it. But it is drawing to an end. And then once summer gets here, we might as well start singing Christmas carols, right? (laughs) It's crazy how fast time goes. It certainly is. Acts chapter 2. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, 
they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Today for a few minutes I'm going to talk to you about what do we do now? What do we do now? Father God, we love you. We do. Oh, most dearly we love you. I want to thank you for the way that you have lavished your grace upon me. Time and time and time again, you've given me your grace. You've lavished it upon me. You poured it out on me as if there was so much more to pour. You just kept going. And I thank you for that. It's almost as if you're telling me you'll never run out of grace. So you just keep on pouring. You just keep on pouring. You just keep on pouring. And I hear the voice of the Lord say it will keep pouring as long as my heart will, st will still be beating. And guess what? It beats forever. So thank you for the pouring of your grace upon us. Lord, just let me take my cup and come underneath that flow. Oh God, I just want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you. Father God, I give you praise. Give you praise for this day, this group of people, those watching online, give you praise for this word. I'm excited about bringing it, but don't let it be from me, God. Let it be from your heart to ours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At about 13, 13 and a half, I found myself in a predicament. Um, I had a really good friend who had, some, had, had lots of property off behind his house, and then that even adjoined a lot of other property uh, that, that had all kinds of good stuff to play in and get in trouble in. Had all kinds of horses that we tried to get on and ride bareback. Um, it was never very successful at doing so, but we were very successful at getting thrown off of one or two or three. Uh, if you've ever gotten in trouble by doing something you shouldn't have, say amen. Y'all tattled on your own self. On this piece of property, there were also cows to which we might or might not have um, shot a bottle rocket at time or two. Don't do that. This is a disclaimer. If this is going on national TV, do not do this. All right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we also found a beaver dam. And we went back and reported this beaver dam like, like it was some news to his father. And his father, being the wise person that he is, knowing that that would keep us busy for a really long time, told us that he would give us 20 bucks each for tearing down that beaver dam. I don't know if any of you have ever tried to tear down a beaver dam by hand. Let me just give you a clue. It's impossible to tear down a beaver dam by hand. But we didn't know that. We just thought 20 bucks? Man, back then, 20 bucks, like we could, I could get all kinds of good stuff with $20. And he knew where he could put us and keep us busy for at least the next couple of hours, or at least till we figured out how impossible it was. So we decided, let's do this. So we took off with our little, little uh, hatchet and machete, and we took off. We were going to tear that beaver dam down. 
And as we went to do so, we encountered a lot of mud. And I don't, I don't mean just like ankle deep mud. I mean really deep mud. Have you ever been in deep before? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. We skirted around the mud just a little bit, just enough to get to the beaver dam, and here we go. We start pulling, and we're taking out stick by stick, stick by stick, and to be honest with you, not getting very far with that. Fast forward in about 30 minutes after that, all of a sudden, we hear a... How many of y'all know where I'm going with this? And we both like, whoop, we look up, I got the hatchet, he has the machete, and we're about, about five deep in the mud. And all of a sudden we hear a, one more time. We both look, we're like, what is going on? We had never heard a beaver slap its tail before. We're thinking, what is going on? We heard it one more time. We're thinking, the dam is breaking. We're making some progress. The next thing I know, we see a beaver head peek over the top of that dam right at us. And we look at each other and we say to ourselves, what do we do now? Now, we all know we're never in any serious danger, but at 13, we thought we were. We didn't have any, we thought maybe we'd seen enough Ninja Turtle cartoons that we thought maybe he would turn into some kind of ninja and take his tail and whip us really bad. So we begin to run as fast as we could back home. But you remember, we're in this deep of mud. And if you've ever really struggled in this deep of mud, it gets deeper, it gets worse. I will spare you all details, but I will give you the end result. The end result was that he and I both, in our skibbies only, covered in mud from here down, show up and we're out of breath and he is laughing his tail off with the water hose in his hand, almost like he knew exactly what was going to happen. I thought he was one of the wisest men that I had ever seen, not realizing he'd watched the whole thing and laughed the whole, we were an hour of pure entertainment for him. We never did go back to get those clothes. As far as I know, some beaver is wearing my shorts right now. <laughs> I just threw on some of his clothes and he threw on some more of his and then we went and did something else that we probably shouldn't have. East and Eli don't listen to these things that I'm really saying. I mean, not, not really, not really. <laughs> but we were in that situation. We were like, what do we do now? And especially knowing how sticky the moment was, how messy the moment was, how what we thought dangerous the moment was. And I know as a church, and maybe even as a believer, we're looking at the landscape of life, at, at the world, at the, the government, the, 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 the civil landscape, the, the stuff going on in schools, the stuff going on in homes, the, looking out at all of this. And I don't know, maybe you've thought, what do we do now? Well, where do we go from here? What's, what's our next step? 
How do we handle this as a church? How do we handle this as a group of believers? How do we handle this as a family? How do we handle this as someone who believes with all of our heart that even though we're in a mess, we've got a God who's watching over us with a big water hose ready to clean us up. And at any moment, now, we have to just come to the place where we realize, okay, what do we do now? And I'll tie that in with what was going on here in the scripture in just a second. But this is, I'm looking at this from actually two different standpoints, from two sides of it. While yes, what I read to you was the response from non-believers that were now seeing this move of the Holy Spirit for the very first time, seeing God in power, seeing God move upon people that were not quote-unquote learned religious People. They were moving upon people that were just normal, average people like you and like me and like he and like she and like we. And, and, and they saw how amazing it was that they were, were being touched by the Holy Spirit and speaking the glories of God in all of their own languages. And they were thinking, how is all of this happening? And then as it's being presented, they, both sides are, are, are in a point where they're like, all right, what do we do now? Where do we go with this? One side being the non-believing side was just simply saying, yeah, that. Where do we go from here? It's great to see what God is doing. Thank you for telling me. Thank you for witnessing. Thank you for evangelizing. But where do we go from here? Church, are we ready to answer that question? Are you personally ready for that question? It's not by coincidence I've had three opportunities within the last seven days, three opportunities by people, one of which I thought, I had no idea it was even on your spiritual radar. Three opportunities in the last seven days of someone just making mention to me, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like something is realigning my life almost completely. I'm here to tell you that's the appropriate opportunity to speak up. Now, don't be a, don't be, don't be a hard nose and don't, don't, don't bring out your, your religious gun and get ready to go pow, pow, pow. It's an appropriate opportunity for you to say, have you ever thought maybe something greater, someone greater is trying to get your attention? Two out of three said, yeah. Two out of three said, you know what? The thought crossed my mind, but it had never crossed my mind before, so I did not know what to do with it. The waist deep in the mud with a rusty hatchet. <laughs> what do we do now? Have you done as Peter has said? Be ready. Be ready, in season, out of season. Because here's the thing, if we're not careful as a church, if we're not careful as a believer, we will see the, the landscape and everything going on in our world right now, and we will be so quick to judge. God, we don't see you moving, this is a mess, we're just gonna hide in our prayer closet, we're just, we're just going to kind of wait for the rapture to happen and we're just going to hope for the best and we're going to think that this is an out-of-season time when in all actuality, this 
is the in season for Christ's church. This is his season. This is the season for, for the church to rise up, for the candle to be put in the candlestick, for the salt shaker to begin to be shaken. This is the season for you and for me to be willing to give a reason and account for the hope that we have inside of us. All right, anybody here have any hope? Somebody's like, yeah, I hope you'll be done in about 20 minutes. That way we can get to the chicken hut. Do we have hope? Do we have hope? Raise your hand if you have hope. All right. You ready? You ready to give that out? Are we as a church ready to give that out? And I look around and I see all the beautiful faces in this beautiful new sanctuary that we're step by step, step by step, getting closer and closer towards being finished with. And I'm seeing some empty chairs that we have hope that one day someone else will be sitting there. Someone will be sitting on our right and on our left and we need to figure out, okay, are we, going to be, are we going to be wanting these seats to be filled up just so that we can say we have a, a full house and a full church? Or are we really wanting to see hope come to life? Right? Because I promise you, I promise you, I see it on a weekly basis, almost daily basis when I get out of, out of my, my little spot and actually get out and go do some things. I see it on a daily, at least weekly, almost daily basis. Someone who is asking, what do I do now? What do I do now? I had a young man who was helping put the carpet on the ceiling, had an opportunity. We were standing right there. And it was whenever COVID was, was really ramping up. It had already started, but, but really ramping up. He was helping put the carpet on, and he came to me. He said, you, you're the pastor, huh? I can't do his dialect, but he said, you're the pastor, huh? I said, right now, yeah. Earlier, I was the janitor. Before that, I was some other servant in some other capacity, and that's okay. He laughed, and he said, I understand being a servant. <laughs> I said, aren't we all? We're all just God's servants. We are. I'm just humble, humbly blessed enough to be able to be the pastor. And he looked at me, and he said, world's in a mess. I said, yes, sir. But it always has been, if you really think about it, one way, some form, some fashion. It's always been in a mess. He said, this is the biggest mess me and my family's ever seen. He was pretty young. I said, well, it's probably one of the, one, the biggest ones I've really seen, other than maybe the 9-11. Um, I mean, I'm only like 18, 19 years old, so I haven't seen that many. Lord, forgive me. 
Stephanie robbed the cradle. Lord, really forgive me. And he said, this big mess. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, what do I do now? I said, what do you mean, what do you do now? He started crying. He said, me, as a father, what do I do now? He said, as a husband, what do, what do I do now? I said, it's time to get right with God. And God will walk you through this process. And I said, we need to help you. We'll walk you through this process too. I said, but it's time now to take your faith that's been on the back burner. Let's put it on the front burner. Let's make it right and real. And he said, I do go to church. I said, then you go, brother. You go as much as I know. I said, I know things are crazy with church right now and things are off and on. I get all that. But you get that next opportunity. You go. You don't just go and you sit. You go and you serve. You go and you help. You go and you pray. You go and you worship. And whatever flavor that may, may be in your church, you, but you go and you give what, all that you have. And then you go and you give to your family. You pour out in your family. You, you, you teach your kids how to pray. You read your Bible to in front of your kids. You pray in front of your kids. You, you pray, you do, you serve, you go. You just you jump in there and do it. And he looked at me and he said, I can do that. I can do I don't know what's going on with him now. But I pray and I hope that he is. But you know what? In a bigger, in, in a bigger sense of this, that, that story, I hope we all are some way, form or fashion, doing that. Because the church, I think it's time for us to also ask, what do we do now? What do we do now? Where, where do we go from here? It's sticky. It's messy. It's muddy. Sometimes we feel like all we have is a rusty hatchet, but what we really have is a sword of the spirit we just need to clean off. We just need to let God clean that off and let's dust it off. Let's get the mud off of it. Let, let's get moving. Let's get swinging. Let's get doing something. Now, I'm not saying swing it like swinging at the world. I want to cut the world's head off. We already know that the head of the world is under the foot of Jesus Christ. Okay? But it's time. It's time. I think Peter answers that. In, in five things right here, Peter answers, what do we do now as a church? In five things in this passage of Scripture, and this is why I just read one, out, one, of, that, that one of those verses out, pulled it out and read it to you. Let's dive in. I'm not going to hold you too much longer, but I want to set up for the next few weeks what we're going to be talking about, about how to handle this. What do we do now? So the title of not just today's sermon, but for the next couple of sermons at least is, what do we do now? What do we do now? If you have your Bible still open or your app still open, would you scroll back up to Acts chapter 2 and verse 14? Eli, go ahead and pull that first one up there, brother. There we go. But Peter, standing up with the 11. How many of y'all realize they all stood up? Did that ever really sink in? 
Y'all read that before? Or maybe you're like me, you read over it and you're like, yeah, yeah, Peter gave his first sermon. Yeah, it was more than that. Peter did give his first sermon. We're not going to go into Jesus when he was telling Peter, you're going to be part of the rock and all that. You guys remember that. But here is Peter now. Remember, this is Peter who just royally messed up. We talked about that last week, didn't we? Peter just royally, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about he just, you know, he, he smashed his finger and he said a little wordy dirt. I'm talking about he, he full blown out in Jesus' hearing, denied him. If you remember the sermon, say amen. All right, good. Test will come later. Be royally messed up, and now Jesus is royally using him in an amazing way. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's my God. That's my God. That is how he works. Jesus standing up with the other 11 as if to say, we are standing together. Peter may be the, 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 the person at this moment that actually speaks, but we're all standing together. You know, it would be a really good time for us as a church to realize it's time to stand together. It'd be a really good time to quit uh, worrying about all of the little differences. And let's focus on the main thing being the main thing. And that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is using us to touch a world that really is asking, what do we do now? All 11 stand up. Peter raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. I think the first thing that we need to do is stand. First thing we need to do is stand. I know it sounds simple, but you ever had to stand under pressure? You ever had those, those, that moment where you felt like you had to stand under pressure, stand under this, the, the light that is coming down on you? You know, I pray every single day. I pray for my family to not only have the wisdom to make the right decision, but to have the courage to stand in the decision that they make. Because that is so necessary right now. We have so many people afraid to stand in a decision that Jesus has made already. Now, this does not mean to, to be a, a bigot or to take advantage of people. or This is not to throw mud. This is not to be like Peter and to pull out a sword and try to chop off the ear of the Roman soldier who's coming to get Jesus. That's not what I mean by standing. What I mean by standing is being the body of Christ who's looking out at all of those that are accusing and with every slap realizing that the more slaps, the more blood is actually going to be spilled on them and I'm not talking about doing something that's easy because if it was easy everybody would be doing it but I mean doing something in a way where we must have the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do this remember this is Peter and the disciples who were scared to death a few days ago and now they're standing up 
to, to, to a, a number, a massive number of people all around them standing up to say, hey, listen to me. Jesus, the one you thought you were going to get rid of, he's still here. Now that's important because they're trying to get rid of him again. And I'm telling you, through the move of the Holy Spirit, He's going to put you in position for you to stand up and say, hey, I know you tried to get rid of him. I know you tried to, to, to snuff him out. I know you tried to say that there's other ways to heaven. I know you tried to say there's other ways to peace. I know you tried to say that, that you could do life a different way. But I'm here to tell you, he's still here. He's risen from the dead and he's still here. I'm his representative. So it's almost like we really need to get ready to stand up for Jesus. Not in a way where we're taking our picket signs and we're trying to drive them through the heart of other people. But just realizing that you may be that sign somebody needs to read. Your life and your love and your grace that you give and your... Now, yes, sometimes there, 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 there comes times when we do have to stand strongly. But it's how we do that that can make a difference. I had somebody come to me the other day and said, I'm so thankful that you're going into the schools every week and, and, and witnessing, bringing the gospel into the schools every single week. And, and they looked at me and said, I have served Christ for over 50 years. She looked at me and said, and I don't know how. I don't know how to witness to people who aren't believers because that's all I've ever been around is other believers. And I said, well, you have to first be willing to walk with them. It's a whole lot easier to pull than it is to push, right? It's a whole lot easier to pull than to push. Ask any donkey. That's a play on words from a few weeks ago. Ask any donkey. But that means to pull, to pull someone up out of that miry clay, as David said. That means you have to have firm footing in where you stand. All right? You have to have firm footing in where you stand. But I don't think it's just, just standing for Christ. I also think it's standing to others. I think other people need to see you stand. I think other people need to see that no matter how crazy the world is and how much the world is shaking and rocking, and can I move in a prophetic motion? If you say yes or no, it don't matter. I'm going to do it. The world is going to continue to shake. Newsflash. The world is going to continue to shake. It's going to continue to rattle. It's going to continue to roll. But that's why it's our season. Because we are firmly planted on the rock of Christ Jesus. And while, yes, things in our life are to be shaken off and shaken down, 
but yet our relationship and the peace we have in Christ will remain the same. So we need to make sure that we're not just standing for Christ, but we're also standing so that others see the light. Let me put it to you Jesus' way. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. He goes deeper to say, in a personal note, who lights a candle and sticks it under a basket, right? Nobody. It doesn't make sense, does it? But you are salt and you are light. Salt is most effective in the moments of being shaken. In those seasons of shaking, that's when salt does its best work. Now, I love salt. I love salt probably more than I love sugar. And I've done a lot of shaking in my life. But there's nothing more frustrating than having one of those salt shakers. You know what I'm talking about. That they've just packed so full of salt that you take it and you shake it and nothing's happening and nothing's coming out. And so what do you do? There you go. We make a bigger hole, baby. (laughs) If I got to take the top off or if I got to rub the back or if I got to do whatever I got to do, we're going to get salt out. I wonder, now this is just me. This is not scripture. You take this for what it's worth. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. You can just throw it back down on the floor. I'll sweep it up later. But I wonder if Jesus is looking at the church in America and I'm wondering if he's a little frustrated because there's not as much salt coming out as he's hoping, as he's wanting, as he's wanting to see. Food for thought. Salt for thought. Stand. 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 If someone's around you, and they're, which is more and more common anymore, someone around you that, that doesn't believe, it's okay. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be mean about it, but just firmly stand. Stand with Jesus and realize he's standing with you. Stand. The second thing we need to do is be willing to do some spiritual interpretation. When the Bible says, upon all my sons and daughters, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. What that means is be able to declare the will of God clearly. That means that there could be an opportunity for you in the near future where someone does, you just happen to find yourself in the same place that I found myself in three times and someone is saying, what in the world is going on in life? And you can be able to say, I think it's time that we get right with God. It's all I'm saying. If you get mad about that, I'm sorry, but this is where I'm at. I'm in a moment in my life where I think it's time to put my faith on the front burner. It's time for me to get my prayer life in check. It's time for me to give my heart fully, completely surrendered over to the Lord. And I've noticed this. When I do that, I now have peace because, yes, it's a mess, but my God is in control. Take it, like it, leave it, loathe it or or love it. Here it is. But this is where I'm at. See, a lot of people who are very, very immersed in worldly things, 
have a hard time interpreting what God is doing spiritually, especially during times like this. So let's read the next one. Brother Eli, go ahead and bring up that next one. Verses 15 and 16. We're going to wrap up with number this, this next one here, number two. We'll read, we'll go through three, four, and five next week. Starting to run out of time, as always. Verses 15 and 16. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine o'clock in the morning. I find that comical. Maybe, maybe y'all don't. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Or if I wanted to sound really religious, I'd say Joel. But really, this is Peter saying, hey, Jesus has taught me the scriptures, and he's told us that there will come a time in which his Holy Spirit will be poured out and he begins spiritual, spiritually interpreting what God is doing to a group of people that have been disconnected to the world Jesus was living in. Remember, these are a lot of people coming in for the feast, for the feast of Pentecost. So they're coming in by the droves. Some of them have already been there due to Passover. But in the mo for the most part, they live outside of the world. Jesus walked around, talked around, taught around, did miracles around for the last three, three and a half years. So they have been disconnected, really, other than hearing about what this somewhat Jesus guy was doing. So they've been hearing about it, but they've been really, for the most part, disconnected. They have not been really fully immersed in Jesus, just hearing about Jesus. And now for the first time, Peter is saying, hey, let me show you Jesus. Let me show you Jesus. Let me spiritually interpret what's going on. Do you know that that is part of your job as a believer of Christ? It's not to just kick the door into somebody's life and call them you dirty, rotten scoundrel. Although there are times we want to. But you realize the only time Jesus did that was in the church. It was in the temple. Because they, they missed the point. And Jesus was so upset with them missing the point because they should have got it first. They should have got it first. But they were hungrier outside the temple than they were inside the temple. So when we sing songs like, I need you more, it's not just because it sounds pretty and we need to take up 15 minutes of your time. It's because we realize that if we're not hungry in here, then when someone needs to be fed, we're not going to know what to feed them. They've had additives. They've had that. Right? They've had high fructose corn syrup. They've had that. They've had the junk of life. They need something real. I mean, they need something tangible. You're the tangible. Maybe you realize that you are a temple of the 
All right, if you answered that, you got another bonus point in heaven. So today, if you gave your offering before we ever started, and if you answered that, you were on the fast track, baby, to heavenly glory. I jest, but I mean seriously. If you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, then it means like God is using you like you're the glove and the Holy Spirit's inside and he's using you. Which means you are the tangible expression of Jesus Christ to someone. Tangible expression. I've often wondered what it would be like to tangibly Touch God, see God, feel God, know God. Maybe I'm the only one in here, but I know it's hard sometimes. It is, but I know. And I know in the old Testament. See, I'm crazy. I I am. I'm crazy. I'm just crazy enough that I read stuff in the old in, in the Bible, especially that time in the Old Testament when Solomon is dedicating the temple and the cloud of God just descended on the place in such a way that it was so thick and so heavy, everybody just hit their knees in their face, praising God, worshiping God, repenting when they need to, whatever. They just, they just give God all the glory. You see, we, we could come in here and we could give glory to what people have done, and that's, that's great, we appreciate that, but I'm hungry enough and crazy enough to believe that what if God was to just come in in such a way where we're like, oh, it's you, Lord. We all just get out of the way and say, God, here it is. It's you. It's you. It's for your glory. You who who cannot be housed in the heavens of the heavens have chosen to make yourself tangible right here, right now, where I can see you and feel you, and I feel you on me and in me and through. That is awesome. That's what we want. But then I realize how much... Does the world need me to be a tangible, touchable expression of God's glory? I want to come full circle as I close. And Steph, if you would like to come up. I get a longer closing now because it takes longer to walk up here. I want to come full circle. And I really just want you to get, if you get nothing else out of this right now, and as we move on with the next three pieces of this puzzle next week, if you get nothing, what I want you to get out of this is is that it's this. It's our season. It's the church's season. And I know, I, I, I get, trust me, I get emails and, and I got messages on a daily basis from people who are way up, way higher in the know than I am about what's going on in, in our world and in our political landscape and in things that's happening. And, and I, got a lot of, I got a lot of people who are a little bit nervous right now with the way things are going. And, and I get that, I really do. But I don't want us to get so lost in trying to interpret what the world is doing that we lose the fact that we are all called to be sons and daughters of the Most High King 
to speak in a way where it is our job to interpret to the world what God is doing right now. It's our season. Peter said, be ready for that. In season, out of season. Don't let us flip this on this on this side here. This, this is our season. I know it's dark, but do you remember that before Jesus showed up physically, there was a season of a messenger that went before the face of Christ Jesus by the name of John the Baptist. And he had his season and his moment of saying, hey guys, be ready. I know we've gone through 400 years of darkness, but be ready. Be baptized. Let's get real with God because the kingdom of God is within our grasp. It's at hand. It's about ready to be touched. Let's get ready. He's going to show up any moment now. Let's do what we have to do to get ready. People started coming out, both good and bad. Some of them were coming out just to eat the pizza and not hear the message. But you know what? By the end of it all, they all got the message. They all got the message. It's our season, guys. It's our season. Would you all please stand with me? It's our season. I get it. If you're a, if you have a little bit of fear because of all the stuff that's going on, I thousand percent understand that. You got to understand my bloodline. My lineage is a little bit of nervousness about no matter what goes on. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I busted us out. I know we we look like we got it. But really, deep down inside, we're like, I'm serious. I get fear. But fear has always historically been how the enemy controls his people. That's why Jesus said, I got you covered, disciples. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit. I'm going to be the comforter. He's going to come. And then later, we read Paul writing to a young Timothy who was about how to start this church in Ephesus, about how to continue this church in Ephesus. And he says, Timothy, let me just give you some advice. We don't have a spirit of fear. But we have a spirit that gives us power and love and wisdom, a sound mind to know how to operate in this. So you lean on the spirit as hard as you know how to lean on the spirit. You lean on the Holy Spirit. And I think the church has gotten away from that a little bit. We've leaned harder on good coffee. We've leaned harder on, on great music. We've leaned harder on great, great aesthetics. But I think we need to re lean really hard on the Holy Spirit. I think we really need to lean in deep on the Holy Spirit. Whatever that looks like for you, you lean in. 
Apostle Paul says, we, we walk after the Spirit. I'm going to give you just an opportunity to let God prepare your heart for that. As Pastor Steph plays, and if, if you feel like singing, that's fine. If you feel like playing, just keep playing. You go be led by the Holy Spirit. But right where you're at, will you just take a moment and will you just say, Holy Spirit, whatever I got to do, just whatever I need to do, get some stuff out of my life. If I need to focus harder on you, whatever it is, maybe it's just starting off by saying, Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Just, just yielding to the Holy Spirit. Just let Him work. Go ahead, church. If you, if you feel like you need to come and pray at the altar for that, here we are. We'll pray. We'll pray together. You want to pray by yourself? We'll pray together. And I know some of you may be thinking, I don't want to be on camera going down to that altar. Well, I think maybe the camera needs to see us all go down to the altar a time or two. Holy Spirit, have your way. Church, it's, I give you the baton right now. Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, we, we place our focus on you. We set everything else aside. And we set our eyes on you. Lord, have your way in us. God, I pray that you would guide us. Help us to stand and to stand strong. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Go and stand and stand firm. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.